Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, we started at 9 a.m., so we're uh, hours we're in. an hour 10. Yeah. Don't, wow. Don't. So are you guys are actually going like the 24 hours, like no sleep? Yeah. 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 Nice. It's, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't advise yeah, us of the negative it. things that that body does. No, it, it's, it's not fun. <laughs> I had to do a lot of these 30 to 36-hour yeah. shifts in medical school residency. That's going to say. Wow. <laughs> Rough. By the 18-hour mark, it's like... You're not feeling good. You're feeling pretty irritable. I, I think the hardest part so, about this is the being planted on my ass for all this time. I, I need to get up and get get my legs yeah, moving. I'm getting really antsy, but I'll have this cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk to you. We're gonna we're gonna actually play a video. Uh, it's it's a, a replay from last year of my cousin who was uh, who who lost her son to cancer. But it's it's really like provoking and and really helps people understand kind of what some of the the emotional drive behind doing this is every year and kind of gives people a feel for what the effect of some of this is so while that plays i'll actually get up and i'll i'll, I'll actually go outside yeah. and run we'll around, around the house and then get, back in. get some food <laughs> <laughs> yeah so dr liao yeah, yeah. i am so excited to have you on we've been talking about this all day and we're really excited about it because you can give us so much insight from a, a place of knowledge and, and, and knowledge that, you know, there's so many people that speculate about this stuff that are, I did my own research kind of people. <laughs> I read it on the internet once kind of a thing. And, and you bring a lot to this. So I, I want to start kind of just share with us your journey to, I'll, I'll say it this way. Cause I say it to myself to doctrine, right? <laughs> how, how did you get to where you are and what was your journey to, 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 and to get to what you do today? Well, I grew up in Michigan, in Bad Axe, Michigan. Huge mm-hmm. Lions fan growing up. I saw that you guys had Herman Moore earlier. Yeah, yeah. He was a big part of my childhood. Loved that guy. Mm-hmm. And actually went through my uh, old card collection and found these oh, two babies. Oh, wow. Rookie <laughs> cards for Herman Moore. Look at this guy. Action-packed awesome. Herman Moore rookie card. That's, it's got like 3D definitely. embossing. Fantastic. Awesome. I got a <laughs> upper deck card. So Herman Moore was a big part of my childhood. So that's awesome that you guys had him on earlier. That was fantastic. <laughs> so 
Yeah, I went to uh, University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia for undergrad and uh, did a psych major there. Then went to U of M, Michigan for medical school. And after that, did a residency out here in Washington State. That's where I am still right now. But I've been following the Lions decades as well as the NFL. I'm not an orthopedic surgeon, so I don't have intimate knowledge about the surgeries and that kind of stuff. Right, right. But I love following the injuries, love trying to figure out what's going on, try to deduce. And just as a fan, it's so important to try to understand what's going on with our guys. When are they going to be back? What's the deal with these guys? So it's that's my journey up till now. That's 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 great. That's 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 it's it's a fun but difficult journey. I was just talking before we had John, my son, he's a sophomore at uh Florida Gators. Uh and and he's he's on a a pre-med track and he recognized we all recognize right what's going on he's he's doing a a double major in biology and uh in cognitive psych and then he wants to go on and do that track but we both know you know to get even just to get to medical school from here is a long road right it's it's a tough journey so we'll see how it works out if somebody can do it it's him he's he's really inspirational to me he's a way smarter now he may be more wise he's, now than I am at this point. <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a bright he's a kid. Job, so man. it's really something to see. Good I want to, I want to start out um, talking about uh, James Houston and his injury. We've talked about him a lot today. Um, the broken ankle, yeah. right? This is something they're talking about. Hey, he's ready to come back. And we were just talking about this a little bit with Russ. I'm like, what? So first off, what does, what does the break mean? What does the rehab look like? And when they say he's ready to come back after eight weeks, what does comeback mean? Because and, and, and the, the thing I use as an example is I get a cast off my arm and man, is that thing skinny? Like, I don't think I could go throwing a baseball. I don't think I could play tennis at that at that point. Right. So help me understand when they say he's ready to come back. Does that mean with rehab like he can play, put pressure, cut all that kind of thing? Walk us through what the, what we've got here with James Houston. Yeah, I think eight weeks is not really in the realm of possibility. So let's start at the beginning here. September 17th was his injury. Uh, if you watch the video of it, he, he gets blasted head-on collision on a kickoff. Just just a really brutal collision. It's like he ran into a brick wall, except the brick wall also has legs and was running at him. So he got bent over. His ankle gets trapped in a high ankle spring mechanism. And Totally gets bent over, can't get his ankle out. Now, a severe high ankle sprain can certainly cause a fibula fracture, which is reportedly, I believe, what he had. So what we're dealing with is, at the minimum, a severe high ankle sprain, and then you tack on a fracture on top of that. So I looked back in some other players who have had similar-looking injuries in the past with a fracture. Look at Dak Prescott, who had a famous one in 2020, Ankle right. dislocation, uh, fracture. Dak Prescott was out four to six bunks. Dak Prescott's injury was a little bit more serious because it was an open fracture, which means the bone punctured through the skin, which can introduce complications of infection, makes it more difficult to come back from. Other people, Drake London, 2021 at USC, had a similar fracture. He was out for over four months. Jalen Waddle in 2021, similar fracture. 
He returned in 11 weeks for the national championship game, but he was very hobbled. And I don't know if you guys remember, he was limping around the whole game. He probably shouldn't have been playing. He probably came back just because it was the national championship. So if we're comparing to similar fractures in the past, similar mechanisms of injury, we're really looking at probably three months at a best case scenario. And good chance this is four months or longer. So three months would be mid-December. And yeah, that would be mid-December at a very optimistic scenario. And if you listen to Dan Campbell's presser on Halloween, he talked about a little bit. His quote was, if it's happening, we're talking about December. Yeah, That doesn't sound too optimistic. Now, we have to take everything coaches say with a grain of salt, of course, but Dan Campbell's pretty straightforward about things, and he may not be that open about everything that's going on, but he's pretty straightforward. So doesn't sound all that optimistic about December, and if he does come back, it might be late December or possibly the playoffs for James Houston. So hope I'm wrong. Hopefully dealing, uh, we hear some stuff. Yeah. And okay. then you're dealing with, like, he hasn't been able to to be in football shape either. And that, that's that, that's just the mechanism of the injury and coming back from that, too. That's it's kind of discouraging, yeah, absolutely. but it is what it is, man. Um, so Yeah, like Chris said, springs. you're right. A lot of it is rehab, too. And with yeah. James Houston – He's a special case because his value to the team, his superpower is bending the corner and getting the quarterback. In order to do that, he's going to need full-on ankle flexion and torque. So he's not an offensive lineman like like we saw Taylor Decker and Jonah Jackson this year with high ankle sprains. Those guys can come back a little bit easier because offensive linemen, they don't have to do that kind of stuff with their ankle. They can tape it up and uh, get out there. But for James Houston to be back doing what he can do for the team, he's going to have to be close to full strength of that ankle. So it's going to take him a little bit longer than, say, another position or another player. Right. So do you think so realistically, do you think playoff return or do you think that it's it's going to be a hey, let's just work it. We'll see you next. We'll see you in training camp and OTCs and, and we'll go from there. I think there's a chance for a playoff return. That would be uh, the optimistic view. I'm crossing my fingers for that. There's also a good chance we don't see him until the off season. And then for healing and, and rehab and that kind of work, these guys are in such great shape as athletes. I mean, the comparison for a guy at my age and my fitness level and their age and their fitness level, the rehab and the and the repair right. is work is going to be completely different. I imagine they're getting, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe they're not getting popped full of things like denosumab or any other stuff that's out there. But well. there may be, you know, there's bone healing drugs out there for other reasons. Um but what 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 are they you know is there is there an accelerant just because of their athleticism or their age that may help him kind of bend that curve to his favor? Yeah, I think there is. I think these guys do somehow come back a lot faster than the general population. Whether it's I don't know exactly what it is. I think part of it is their athleticism and their fitness before the injury, as well as their youth, as well as they're getting just around the clock care and monitoring and observation. So I, they can come back sooner than 
the rest of us. Got it, got it. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So high ankle sprains. Um, I attempted to explain the mechanism of, of it before, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, please do, uh, because my experience of this is just that I've suffered them. Um, is the, the tibia and the fibula coming apart at the bottom, right? And that's that's what yes. Jackson is yep. dealing with now. And that's right. that's an injury that rest fix fixes more than anything else, right? Yeah, you need to rest that. And it's not necessarily just at the bottom. If it's a severe one, it can go all the way up. A very severe one causes oh. what's called a mace new fracture, which is a proximal fracture of a fibula. That that stress is so strong that it actually starts pulling things up at the top of your leg as well. So it, it's it can be an ugly injury because there's just so many things that are holding the tibia and fibula together. I uh, maybe I'll just walk around the house instead of running. <laughs> Get my quick break. <laughs> my, my, my ankles hurt. We don't right want now. you getting hurt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so with Jonah, he's been out for this. Is, this would be the fourth week that he would be out for yeah he missed three games so far yeah and so we've got the bye week this week um is it reasonable yeah. to expect him to be back for the chargers game yeah absolutely based on what we've seen this year with taylor decker who had a similar looking high ankle fracture back all the way in game one against the chiefs he missed two games came back maybe a little bit early because it was a thursday night game against the packers he really wanted to be there for that we saw Brian Branch with a mild high ankle sprain as well. He missed two games and he was back. I think Jonah Jackson long video looked very similar to Taylor Decker's injury. So again, everybody's different and every injury is different, but based on what I see, yeah, he could absolutely be available for the Chargers game. A lot of it also depends on our depth and how all the other guys are playing too, as well as something to consider is, we have a very good chance to be in the playoffs this year. Vegas odds have us at 93% chance to win the division. Yeah. So much higher than that, even to get the playoffs, because we got a wild card spot, even if we don't win the division. So do we want to arrest these guys an extra week or two, make sure that they are good for the playoffs. That's something that the lions are probably thinking about and really considering when it comes to all these injured guys. And I think we haven't had to deal with for a while. Well, I think there's something. Yeah, yeah, it's a new new situation for all these guys. There's something, including I think, us as fans, with the Lions and going back to Tyrell Crosby, right? And I don't want to get into any of the nuances of anything, but he walked out and he said basically the Lions didn't care about his injury; they just wanted him to play. Whatever, whatever the yeah. reality is, there that's one person's story. That's fine. I'm not going to dispute or acknowledge that it's true. I'm just going to say that's what was said. As an organization. This organization has taken a different pivot from a lot, if not everything, that the old organization did, except they still play the same sport. It seems like mostly they do everything different. Um, I know a case of one player who was cleared to play and the coaches said, nope, you're not playing. You, you, you're not moving laterally. 
the way we need you to. So we're keeping you out of the game, even though the trainers have said it's okay. This and then with JMO, they gave him at the end of the season. He didn't see a whole lot of a lot of time on the field in the last last season when he should have been healed. It feels like he really could have easily seen the field, but they were really gentle, kind of rolling him back, giving him a couple of here's and there's, and that's it. Um, this cautiousness of the team obviously bodes well for these guys to to heal better. It probably makes the players a lot more trusting of the front office and the staff as well, but. It really now, as you said, as you head towards this opportunity to show up in the playoffs, gives guys a chance. Everybody's dinged up. Everybody's bruised. But these guys maybe are dinged up and bruised a little less because their coaches and their staff gave them a little bit extra time to heal. Um, value in that? Yeah, I do like what they're doing with getting guys back in slowly. Back to what you said about Tyrell Crosby and also to some extent DeAndre Levy, who also yeah. complained about yep. the medical. I I, it makes me cringe when I hear these kind of things because the doctors are not allowed to say their side of the story. So yes. it's, it's just a one-sided story you're getting from the player. And as a doctor, I know a lot of times there is something, there's a reason a doctor did something. There's the doctor did something or said something for a reason. It has an opinion for a reason. And for the doctors not be able to comment at all, it's really unfair to the medical staff for yeah. the Lions. But I do like what they're doing, getting guys in slowly. Like she said, with JMO last year, just working them real slow. I expect to say the same thing with David Montgomery Demo when he likely comes back against the Chargers. I'm not expecting a whole lot of carries from him coming back from this rib string. He can play with the rib strain, but those things aren't totally healed for weeks. So the smart thing and something I expect the Lions to do is to just work him way back gradually, just give him a few touches the first couple games, especially with Gibbs and Reynolds playing so well. And you got to, you got to feel like, yeah, with Gibbs playing the way he is that you, they can, they feel like they can take the time that Raiders game really bought them. And the thing is with no practice, like with actual rest time for people, that's got to help. Uh, Montgomery get better quicker as well. Um, good question yeah. here from Jeff Merrill. And I appreciate that he uh, writes out the acronym before he uses it. Uh, deliberate cold exposure has shown to accelerate the immune system. Has there been any research that you know of on DCE and bone healing? Not that I know of. I'm not on top of all these studies at this yeah. point. But one thing I do have to say in general with all these kind of things is it's almost impossible to do a good research study when it comes to sports medicine. So there is a lot of, there's a lot of snake oil out there. There's a lot of questionable stuff. I mean, we've seen it all over the years with like, we've seen Taylor Decker get his cupping. You've seen his like cupping bruising scars. We've seen some guys are wearing these like neck things around there. Neck these days. Yeah. A few years ago, there was this company trying to get started with uh, these mouth guards that would help prevent concussions. Haven't heard about that because it probably doesn't work. Right, uh, right. So th there's a lot of people trying to find ways to accelerate healing, but to actually do a study that can prove that is almost impossible to do. It's very difficult. There's a lot of people trying to make money <laughs> and, and then and then also followed by the, the, the rest of that. Yeah, that's 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 right. absolutely true. And you're right. I hadn't thought about it. The sample size and the ability to get a good 
a good sample of people to run proper studies on is is almost impossible. How many football players can you test your mouth guard on and actually have like a concussion situation that you can say data, right. you know, you know, data for data against yeah. whatever. I mean, that I hadn't I had never thought about trying to create a, a valid sample on sports medicine. Sense. But man. Yeah, and to do some of these studies, you'd actually have to try to cause the injury. Like, we're going to hit you on the head really hard and see if you get a concussion. You know, th these studies are not ethical to do. So yeah. we have to do these studies in other ways that just it's hard to get a valid a result. Of you have to do them in Russia. <laughs> no, I'm not advocating yeah. this. Yeah. I am advocating ethical research, people. Please, it's a joke. Do not Please take that don't. seriously. I, I want to ask about uh, CJGJ and 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 his yeah. pack. This is one that, um, boy, what a what a valuable guy he would be to have on the field. You don't want to rush a guy back, of course. You don't want him to get hurt, make it worse, make it, um, you know, even even more so. I remember it was was it Spielman that had a torn pec as well at one point. I'm trying to remember back in the day, did he? Um, I, I don't remember. But I so we had. I don't to, remember. CJGJ is seems to be on social media pretty certain that he's going to be back sooner than people thought. Can you talk about that injury? What it means? What a prognosis looks like for that? And then even what what rehab looks like to be able to get this guy back on the field. All right, so CJGJ, or maybe CD Deuce, I don't know what he's officially called right now, but he hurt himself also in the Seahawks game on September 17th. That was not a fun game in many ways. Uh, he finished the entire game with that torn pack, which is great. But so I looked back at a couple of recent examples of pack tears. Both Watt brothers had a pack tear fairly recently. TJ Watt uh, tore his in 2022. He ended up not getting surgery. He returned in two bunks. J.J. Watt tore his in 2019. He did have surgery. He returned in about nine weeks, so a little bit more than two months for the playoffs. And maybe he came back a little bit sooner because it was the playoffs. So typically in the past, peck tears were four to six months. You're done for the season type thing. But yeah. with wh whatever they're doing now uh, with the surgeries, players seem to have a chance to come back a little bit sooner. So if he can come back at around the 10 week mark or so, we're talking about end of November, early December, I think is a possibility for CJ. Wow. I, and, and so what do you think, again, from a, from a rehab kind of situation, is it something that, and, and and then knowing we know about the Lions, right? Because because you got your football head going too, so it's it's kind of it's 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 a good kind of combo. And the way the Lions run, is it something they wait? Okay, he's ready at the beginning of December. Cool. Let's just run some practices. Let's go mid late December before he sees a little bit of game time, and then hopefully that last game against Minnesota, we get him a full game up to speed, get all the rust knocked off, and the playoffs. I mean, is that kind of the ideal arc for him to really ensure he doesn't re injure that? Yeah, definitely, especially with Tracy Walker playing so well. I don't even know if CJ is going to take over a starting position at all this season with Ooh, Tracy Walker there. Shots so, fired. <laughs> I mean, Jeff, maybe you can uh, give us your opinion I mean, on that. But I, I don't hate the way Tracy's playing at all. So, yeah, there's there's no reason to rush him back would be the long and the short of it. Yeah. So as far as how soon they'll throw him back on the field, his injuries – 
going to be a little bit different than James Houston, who we talked about. He needs his ankle. Whereas CJ literally played the entire game with the touring pack. So cornerback safeties, yes, they need their pack, but it's not like they can still run around. They can still cover guys. So that he might be able to come back a little bit sooner in the rehab process than James Houston. Yeah. Wow. 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 That, would be, that would be, that would be great. <laughs> uh, just yeah, to get the emotion great, with, yeah. from him coming back. Yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the things that we were talking about this morning was, um, and I forget who asked it or who we were talking with even uh, the day blurs as it goes on. Um, there's been like there it seems like we're not getting as many list frank injuries as in the past and that's 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 a very debilitating injury and one of the things that i've seen at our our local high school actually they gave a, a couple of kids who were vulnerable to it or who had them like shoe inserts um do you know anything about like like the types of like prophylactic sort of measures to go through these things like what what can you do um i know that like the the offensive linemen who wear the knee braces on both knees even though they've never had any issues with it um right what's your what's your thought on that sort of type of action yeah a list frank is a midfoot spring so yeah possibly i guess if you could really lock in the foot that could help but you're also taking away somebody's athleticism yeah. when they do yeah. that. So we, we saw Amir Abdullah with the list, Frank, with the Lions, and going way back, Kevin Jones. I don't know if you guys remember. He I had do. a list, Frank. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it Mikkel was, uh, Shore I, had one, too? Didn't, was that what? He, he, he did sure had an Achilles. Was, yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. It was, it was, it was Achilles. Yep, I'll stop talking. It was. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, the list, Frank, this is, again, where it's hard to do a valid study. Like you said, Jeff, these things – these list franks, they're not super common injuries. It's not like guys are coming to, going down once or twice a game with them. So you're trying to prevent something that only happens rarely. How do you prove that a certain insert is going to prevent something that's a rare, rare occurrence? Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that angle. I, I know what the other part of that this conversation was, was it seems like there's been a rise, in, and this is just, you know, observational is true on it or not. Like there's been more Achilles injuries lately and maybe a little bit less of the ACL injuries. And my thought, and it's just a thought, you can tell me if I'm crazy, I won't be offended, is that maybe in the trying to prevent in the training and conditioning um, and strength training that we're somehow like making it the Achilles more vulnerable by focusing on the knee. Does that, does that make any sense at all? It's possible. The Achilles tear is caused by the calf muscle just overpowering that tendon. So maybe these guys are doing a lot of calf lifts, just really trying to strengthen up that calf, and it's showing up as Achilles tears. That That's a possibility. Yeah. Again, I, 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 it just seems that way, and that's, that, that sort of makes sense to me. Um, I, I don't know, because I know, like – my, my children are athletes, and one of the things that they do is that they, they play basketball and volleyball. And it's like you try to strengthen the knee joint, so you're doing things to, to strengthen your quad. 
and your calf and your hamstring and your lateral range and even up into your hips. And I wonder if like the the heel gets neglected because of that almost. Well, the problem with tendons and ligaments is you can't really strengthen them. So you can strengthen muscle, but tendons and ligaments, you can't really strengthen them. So these athletes who are so strong and so t wound up tight with yep. these quick twitch muscles, these guys just tear their ACLs and tendons just way easier than the rest of us. Yeah. And that's now someday if we can find a way to strengthen tendons and ligaments, that'd be great. But I, I don't think we're anywhere close to that yet. Well, that, and that's one of the things that I, I, you know, often gets asked and talked about is with these athletes and the absolute strength that they have at some point, you know, you can say, okay, balancing the right muscles to, that operate against each other may help support some of these tendons. But at some point, it's just going to overpower like the, the it, that's the, the you know, that's the weak point in, at, at this point. And they're just not powerful enough to hold together with all of the rest of what's going on. That's why a guy like Aleem McNeil, he's so, and I think this is you can tell me if I'm wrong. This is this is pure speculation. Now, um, a guy like Aleem McNeil is just built bigger. His tendons are bigger. His bones are bigger. He's just a bigger human being. Things are are all bigger on him. So. Him losing that weight actually puts him in a better position because then he's not putting as much stress on those tendons and he can get more muscle, uh, muscle mass on that body and do more work without risking that. I mean, that's kind of the calculus in my, in my head on how it works. Does that make sense from a medical perspective? Yeah, absolutely. The, and the more weight you have, the more force you're putting on all those joints and tendons. Uh, that'll certainly help with things like meniscus or articular cartilage issues where it's just the pounding of the joint. That's really where the weight helps. Whether it helps or not with uh, stuff like ACLs or Achilles, that's harder to say. I mean, we see guys, skinny guys like Emmanuel Mosley tears ACL on, on just a nothing play. We see Tracy Walker, skinny, lean dude. He just pops his ACL last year. Uh, Jeff Akuda ACL. So skinny guys tear their ACLs all the time too. So it's hard to say how much weight has to do with all of this. They're, they're built smaller. That's, 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 so this is the, and this is me like again pure speculation. But like a, a Lee McNeil, everything is thicker on this guy, right? Like a skinny guy, yeah. and and I'm just thinking naturally, like they have their bones are t typically a little bit thinner. Their, their their structure top to bottom tends to be thinner. I would assume the connective tissue and so on is is smaller, just relatively, because that's how they're built. If, right. Again, to me, yeah, the calculus makes sense. I don't know if medically it does. <laughs> that's a good theory. That's as good a theory as any. It's why I worried about like um, uh, Devonte Smith coming out. I mean, his legs were like toothpicks. Great wide oh, receiver, skinny. right? Yeah, but I was yeah. like, God, I can't imagine how this guy's going to hold up in the NFL. Right? Doesn't seem to be a problem. Yeah, but, he, he, <laughs> he's like like he's not like Jamo. I mean, yeah. Jamo's just so lean and skinny and tall. He's yeah. he's way taller than you expect. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, he is. Jamo's already torn the ACL, so hopefully Jamo. Uh, can stay healthy the rest of his career. Yeah. Stephen Gilmore's like that too, our, our undrafted rookie corners. He's six feet tall, okay. 168 pounds soaking wet. That's, yeah, that's, that's tough to, to survive collisions that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. One of the other injuries that I wanted to ask you about, and, and this is, 
This is more for the draft Nick in me, but um, I'm going to talk about Michael Penix Jr. You probably know him because you're out in Washington. Um, know who he is. Washington quarterback has torn his left ACL twice and has has had AC joint shoulder injuries in both shoulders. How, obviously without knowing his chart or anything, how scared should you be that there's a chance for injury that he's just injury prone um, on that sort of thing? And, and I, know, I know it's difficult to, you'll have to generalize a little bit, but like, like I'm very worried that I can't draft him because of that, even without seeing his medicals. Like is, is how much concern would that be for you? Like, oh man, this guy, this guy's good chance to get injured again. I'm with you, Jeff. I'd be highly concerned as well. Uh, now, there's varying opinions on this. Uh, some people, some doctors will say one ACL doesn't mean you're going to tear the other ACL. Injury prone is not a real thing. I'm not sure I'm in that camp. I think I'm in the camp where this guy, if he's had two ACLs in the same knee, a couple of AC joint sprains, there is either something wrong with his body, his ligaments just can't handle the stresses, or number two, there's something about the way he plays. He can't get himself out of trouble. He doesn't fall the correct way. We saw this with Tua Tagovailoa last year. Mm-hmm. Keep falling the wrong way, getting concussions all the time. Then he did a bunch of judo training or something over the summer to try to learn to fall the proper way. So there is something to being able to avoid injuries seeing when the defender's coming and getting your legs up so they don't get planted in the turf. There's something to that. The third possibility is he's very, very unlucky. So hopefully it's just the third possibility, but there's a decent chance it's one of the first two possibilities. So I'm with you there, Jeff. I would definitely put that as a red flag. I will. uh, This is going to be a shout out to Fab in the the Slack, but I'm I'm approaching this from a construction perspective. If you use cheap steel – to build a building, the building's not going to be as strong, and that and that and and versus regular good strong steel, people's bodies are built differently. I think there's so th- I think there's one factor that the same size people side by side are going to be weaker in different places. Just even if they're otherwise identical, the same you know lifestyle and everything else uh, from top to bottom, they're just built differently. And then how they play, as you said. Uh, takes takes into effect. I think there is such a thing as is injury prone. I got one person might. I'm making this up again. Might just have smaller tendons in their body. That, that's maybe just how they develop for whatever reason, right? I, I, you know, I'm not going to get into anything about like prenatal nutrition or anything like that. But there could just be a reason why something like that happens, and that's kind of one of the things that differentiates these athletes that play so well, so strong. And then our Hall of, Fl- Hall of Fame tier and play without injury. They just are constructed physically different and then have all that talent on top of it. And, and it's a combination of so many things, some luck of a draw, some sheer will and force of, of, of nature that make those absolute top elite athletes. And I think just some people are injury prone. I, I just think that's just how they're built. And, and, and it's too bad. And again, some of it's how they play. So I think all of those things are, are potential you know, results that you, that you see in a, in a, in a player's career. Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. I think people's ligaments and tendons have different strengths. It'd be great if there was a way to measure it, but you can get an MRI. It's not going to tell you the strength 
of a ligament. It'll tell you if your ACL is torn or not torn, but it doesn't tell you how prone you are to tearing it in the future. Yeah, you see guys like Barry Sanders, he didn't have any major injuries his whole career. It's just now that you think about it, the way we see running backs just go down all the time these days, it's almost a miracle that he was able to get through his whole career without any kind of major injuries. And his thighs were gigantic. Do you remember like Barry, like, cause he, I, he felt like on the field, you look at him running. He was always kind of low when he ran, but he looked like he was four ten, like, cause he just looked short compared to everybody out there. And his, he was almost a box. His thighs were probably three feet wide. Just, just it just looked fun, the way he was. And you would just think that those would overpower the joints in his legs, but it just, it just didn't happen. There's something about how Barry was built right. that he, and just a, a shout out to the Jersey you're wearing. We talk about uh golden Tate, how he's been able to avoid injury. You yeah. watch how he rolls when, when he gets tackled. We've, we've talked about, I see a lot of that in Amon Ra as well, how he, he knows right. when to push for that extra couple of yards. And when he dives under a guy or rolls or spins away from the hit, just really aware of the people coming at him and the hits that are potentially going to be delivered. And I think, you know, I think that is not just a business decision. I think that is absolutely a, a life, lifelong health decision and uh, helps them be the great players that they are. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of coordination when it comes to how you fall, how you get hit. You see some guys there, they might be super fast, super quick, but they can be a little bit clumsy when they fall, when they take hits. I got a really quick shout out to uh, Don H. He says, I sound like a bag of broken glass when I go up and down stairs, man. Uh, he also hit us on the St. Jude uh, $100, and then he hit $100.31 to get us to the Magic Centavos. Uh, Don right. H., thank you. Thank you guys for all you do for the kids. And Thanks, also, Don. please keep this going. Everyone in here, please share this and all your social media. This is so important. Big Dom, thank you, brother, $100. And Matthew, Matthew Ratliff with $50. Dr. Jimmy Liao is a fantastic follow on Twitter. Lions on the rise, baby. And definitely check, follow Dr. Jimmy Liao on Twitter. It's, it's great stuff. And I, I mean, we look at things all day as, as, as just Lions fans. And sometimes you read and you're like, wow, that's really great. And you move on. And it's like we forget to mention. I'm so glad that Jeff brought you up on the on the show last time and we were able to connect it was it's this is really fantastic and having this kind of insight and being able to test some of these mental models that roll around on this goofy head of mine is is super helpful so really appreciate it yeah it's something very well with our ignorance we we appreciate that it's it's great talking to other lions fans i mean growing up in michigan you'd think you'd be surrounded by lions fans growing up but shockingly it was few and far between. Most of the kids around me growing up in grade school, high school, even in medical school, they're fans of other teams. It's Steeler fans, Cowboy fans. So being able to have a forum like you guys, what you guys do with your podcast and your website, it's just great to be able to interact with other Lions fans. Absolutely. Well, Doc, Let's let's talk. Let's do some more. This is this is great. I appreciate your insights and and there's there's you bring you bring a lot. You know what I mean? And I think it's yes. something that could definitely, I mean, add to the overall offering. Got, we, we have a platform, and I think that's something that you deserve because you've got a lot of great insights. You're a super smart guy, and this is people are hungry for this kind of information. A lot of people make shit up in their heads, right? And to have somebody with kind of the the bona fides to be able to kind of talk through it with and help. Some guys either feel smart or, or readjust their thinking is a, is a, is a really big benefit. 
Well, I appreciate it. And just as a caveat, these are just my opinions, just yep. based on video yep. and just yep. guessing. I have no inside information. So I'm in the same position as everybody else, you guys included. So if anybody has opinions or insights or wants to give their analysis, I am more than welcome to any of that. That's awesome. Cool. That's, that awesome. that's good. Um, can, can I ask one quick question before you go? Halapula um, Vadi Vitae went from missing a year with the back then had the knee rolled up on, and now he's resting again with the back. How bad is that? Long-term, this is not good. This is a guy who's been chronically injured the past three years. In 2020, he was injured in the entire year with a left foot issue. He could he played, but he was hobbled the whole year. As you said, he missed the entire last year with what I believe was a nerve impingement injury uh had surgery on that uh this year went down with a knee injury which i'm suspecting is a pcl sprain uh the way he landed on his knee then he comes back and now he's got this mysterious back issue and he's been in and out of the lineup so short term hopefully they can get him back to being a contributor this year but this is not really a guy you'd really want to look too hard into signing beyond this year or being able to count on beyond this year. Yeah. That's kind of the sense I've got. Let me ask you something about another guy with a back who feels like a really feel good kind of story. And we, and we hope it stays this way, but Levi Anzarike. Levi. Yeah. Yeah. Talk through, talk through, kind of some of the detail of what he's had yeah and and the thing that we all you know there's so few players that have ever come back from that in the nfl and a guy that big with back problems to be able to come back and even play as well as he has thus far is stunning to me absolutely stunning can you can you talk us through that and then what do you think and again all opinions you're not giving it you're not you're not giving any diagnoses no medical advice anything like that but if you were to try to think about you know a hypothetical prognosis what would you what would you think about for him based on what you've seen so far yeah he had a lumbar fusion surgery we didn't find this out till just this year when he did uh he wrote his own article uh describing his whole journey so he was mysteriously hurt for like a year or two and it was highly questionable whether he was even going to return lumbar fusion is not something that nfl players typically come back from because it really restricts their range of motion and their ability to bend their back and with a defensive lineman who's constantly doing this kind of thing Uh, that's it was a surprise he was able to come back and he's looks like he's playing fairly solidly he hasn't made any splash plays yet but he's made it through this whole season so far i don't think he's gotten hurt yet or been active is that as far as i know he's been been there yeah he's yeah He's, it would be nice to see more from him, but the fact that he's made it this far, um, it, it's amazing to me because, you know, Chris and I both had written him off completely. Like, there's there's no way he's yeah. going to come back. And that's it, – it's, it's very impressive, and it speaks very well of his character that he has tried to come back when it would have been very easy for him to take the medical retirement. Um, right. Yeah. Let me – 
I like to think about this yeah. from like a, a rehab perspective because so he's played this year. He hasn't it hasn't failed, hasn't 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 had an injury, hasn't re injured it. It seems to be working for him. So now it's like, okay, he hasn't made the spl- the splash plays. It but he's been out for a long time. He hasn't played football effectively for what, three years almost? Is this a case of it's taking time for him to truly just get back into football shape? Or do we think this is an injury limitation that might be hand- stopping him from being the Levi that we thought he could be? I think there's definitely a limitation. I think there's going to be a chronic limitation. I mean, the back is no trifling matter. And he had a serious surgery of his back that is restricting some range of motion there. So there is some limitation there that's going to be chronic. Is that going to affect his long-term potential? Is that going to affect whether we want to keep him long-term? That's harder to say. Uh, But I I think his ceiling has dropped because of that injury, though. Fair enough. Fair enough. Boy, oh boy, Dr. Liao, this is this has been great. The insights have been fantastic. Again, let's let's connect. Let's talk about uh, uh, some more stuff, because this is this is absolutely fascinating. I think there's a, a lot we could do, but definitely reach out. Dr. Jimmy Liao, sorry, on the on the Twitter machine or X machine or whatever it is now. Um, it's, it's it's turned into a little bit of a triple X machine. You just got to do your filters right. But <laughs> there's a lot more than there used to be. No, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> there's, my guy. there's my guy. This is why he fits into the podcast. This is great. Yeah, I, I like you guys, man. I like your sense of humor. Oh man, that's awesome. Uh, hey, do you ever make it out to back to Detroit for any games? Do you uh, do any travel to see the Lions? Or are you? Uh... Yeah, I was. I went to the Chiefs game this year and the Green Bay game in Lambeau this year. Awesome. So I, I've been oh, to two games, and I'm I'm going to SoFi in a week too. So this is a. Uh, Big travel awesome. year for me. But the Chiefs and the Chiefs game was fantastic, man. It was yeah. I showed up there on Monday and oh. the whole week I, I was already seeing tons of Lions fans there during the week leading up to the game. And then game time, of course, all the Lions fans show up super early. So we're all because you're a visiting team, you're gonna show up early. So all the Lions fans started packing down right behind the bench like hour or two hours before the game. And I remember seeing Brad Holmes talking to Sheila Ford Hamp down there. And he, he waved his arm out there at this crowd of blue. It was, it was like basically saying like, can you believe this? Look at this. You know, there was just so many Lions fans there. It was just, just fantastic. And then coming out there with the win, it was, it was just, yeah, that, that was just a great night. That's, that's fantastic. I'll tell you, SoFi, we saw, we went to the Rams game. Have you been to SoFi yet? No, I have not. It is, it's the best stadium I've been to. I've heard Jerry World is pretty fantastic. I haven't been there. SoFi is far and away the best stadium I've been to. Have a good time. It's a good time. Really? Yeah. It's one of the ones where you can go as an away fan and and be safe and have a good time and enjoy yourself and, 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 and really just, um, celebrate being a lions fan and and what goes on so i hope you bring them as much luck as you did in kansas city (laughs) and uh definitely get together for a beer if we can get together where we travel to a game whether it's detroit or somewhere else definitely let's uh let's find a time i know week before the xmas i'm going to be down in detroit i don't know what you look like but uh be good to have some 
have some celebratory lions fan hanging out time. So <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. All right. All right, my man. Yeah. Dr. Jimmy Liao, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you for helping us support St. Jude and help and, uh, help, yes. uh, help people find their wallets and drop some money in the yes, tin to, yes. to keep the research going and uh, helping these families, man. I uh, appreciate you, and I'm, I'm certain we'll be talking again uh, soon. We are very grateful for your insight, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a great night. Yeah. All right. Yeah. See you. you too. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Lions on three. One, two, three. You've had enough of that shit.